0: Welcome to Going Off Track. Hi. Hi, Brad. Hi. How are you doing, Jonah? Doing okay. Yeah? Uh, What's going on? Well, (laughs) I had a little adventure the other night.
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, Do tell.
0: Sadly, it was two days after I did my first ever stand-up set, and I couldn't integrate it into things. But uh, I've been having some problems with the the front door of my apartment, and... uh,
1: Oh, I know this problem. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me about your menage a trois or something.
0: No. No. (laughs) Too bad. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about yeah. So I was like messing with my door and ended up the short version. I was ended up getting locked outside my apartment. My key wouldn't work, like so I couldn't get into my apartment. I was going out to the show and I was like, ugh, what do I do? So I ended up going down into my basement, going around into the backyard and like scaling the side of this building and it was like hanging off my balcony, like literally, I was like hanging off my balcony, pulled myself up somehow, got inside, was like, ugh, I did this, like I can't believe I did this, like I'm never going to be able to do this again, I can't believe it, and then realized that now I was locked inside my apartment. (laughs) Door still wouldn't work. So I'm like, ugh, I don't know what to do. So... I was like, I can't, like, I can't get out. Is this,
1: are you giving us your stand-up routine now? No, this is, this is like, this is
0: literally just happened, like, two days ago. So, luckily, my neighbor across the hall was, like, coming home, and I was, like, knocking on my own door from the inside, like, hey, 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 and he's like, I don't know this guy at all. He's, like, him and his girlfriend or something, and I was like, hey, I'm locked inside my apartment. He's like, oh, dude, something like this happened to me once. No. It so, he's handing me, like, screwdrivers and all this stuff from his balcony to mine he's he's working on the door i'm working on. we can't get it it's like he's there these people are so nice like 45 minutes eventually we get like a wire coat hanger and end up somehow like getting the door open but he's like dude if you close it again it's the same thing's gonna happen so i ended up um i wanted to go see cursive i ended up i was so mad i missed this other show and i was like fuck it so i just like T- took all my valuables and like put them in the basement in my storage room locked it and just like left my door unlocked i was like no one's gonna know no well that's like the front door of the building's locked i was like no one's getting in here unless it's an inside job you couldn't <laughs> tell so and then the next morning i got my lock fixed everything's fine now but it was literally like i went to the bell house the next night and people were like were you here last night and i'm like no i got locked inside my apartment and they were, everyone was like what and then i had to explain this whole story
1: and okay what?
0: Go ahead. Wait. The, the last <laughs> part is that. So I want to get my neighbor a gift <laughs> for helping me. and This dude took so much time, but I'm like, what is the right gift for helping someone? Try to bottle of wine, a man. bottle of wine. That's what it's, I was thinking too. It's universal, right? <laughs> what kind of what kind of wine is there? A particular. Just get him like
1: go to the, go. Just go to a good wine store that like you trust. You know. And just ask him, say, I want to get, like, a, what's a really good, like, you know, $30 bottle of wine, $40 Yeah,
0: bottle. no boxes, a bottle for sure. <laughs> give,
1: give him some boxes, I don't know. Boxed wine. I I have to add to this, Jonah, because this is the first time that I heard this story, but Jonah was here at Converse Rubber Tracks, where we currently are, which has a awesome recording studio. He was here with his band for the first time. This is true. Last week, was it? Yeah. And the first day that he was supposed to come in and record, he called me to say <laughs> that he was locked in his apartment.
0: It happened to me so, actually three times. This was, but
1: <laughs> so there's no pity for this story from anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. It sucked every time. <laughs> One time I was able to throw my key out the front window and someone could open it from the outside. And then someone came, before you could at least open it from the outside with the key then it just stopped working altogether anyways it's fixed now it's fixed now so and yeah so i'm in i'm in business i can i can freely come and leave whenever i want
1: you are like you're a kramer
0: i'm real independent now you
1: are you're a kramer but i
0: also feel like sort of like almost like i'm traumatized like every time i leave i'm like is this gonna work am i gonna am i fucking stuck here am i gonna be able to get out i mean so I'm I'm slowly kind of reintegrating into society. Great podcast we have today, by the way. <laughs> uh,
1: but before we get to that,
0: but before we get to that, let's, let's talk prop about prop
1: some vendor.
0: Yes, um, Commonwealth Press.
1: How, that was a great transition, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> are sponsoring um, some episodes of the podcast, as you probably already know. Um,
1: great sponsor because they really. Don't care what we do.
0: Yeah, they've been cool about it. I mean, don't move the mic. It might make uh oh,
1: might make a noise.
0: You're right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've been they've been awesome. Um and What do uh, they do?
1: What do they make?
0: They print t-shirts.
1: They make merch.
0: They make merch for for bands.
1: If you're a band or maybe you're having a party, maybe you're getting married and you want to go get like all the girls yeah. in your uh you know you, you want all your bridesmaids to wear the same t-shirt let's at the wedding
0: let's get real <laughs> like you're not making any money off album sales you're not you're not recouping anything no one's everyone's downloading your stuff for free or streaming it so you got to make money off touring and merch
1: and your t-shirts it better look good
0: they better look good cuz no one wants no one wants a fucking shitty t-shirt right so go to
1: commonwealth press They're the best they are the absolute
0: best um go to commonwealth press uh/podcast and uh you can get 6 free shirts to your order and um they'll know that you came from us which makes us look important now now to today's guest finally today's guest today is a awesome podcast it's kind of kind of more serious podcast than i guess you would guess by the the whole rest of this intro. <laughs> but yeah, today's guest is Andrew you McMahon. you got to balance it out. Andrew McMahon from, um, you may know him from Jack's Mannequin, Something Corporate, or um, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Um, and he came on with guest host Vanessa Bayer, my sister, from Saturday Night Live. And uh, the reason, kind of the reason, Vanessa's a fan of his music, but the main reason was because they both kind of, they both had cancer as... Childhood, sort of, like Vanessa, as a teenager, and Jack had it in his early twenties. I mean, Andrew, excuse me, Jack's mannequin, Andrew McMahon, had it in his early twenties. Uh, so they talk a lot about their experiences, getting sick, how maybe it influenced their work later on, and kind of made them appreciate things. Or you know, they both do a lot of work with with charities and stuff now. And uh, yeah, I feel like it was a really, really cool conversation to be a part of. So, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew McMahon hey welcome to going off track uh we're here with andrew man thank you for coming thanks for having me and guest host vanessa bayer
2: thanks for having me
0: <laughs> you're welcome uh so what's going on
3: guys andrew you're you're in new york i'm in new york yeah hanging out doing a little promo and have a like a, a group of friends who do a bunch of broadway they do a bunch of broadway shows so they put it together like a little uh i don't know what do you call it like it's Broadway sings my songs or something. So I'm going to go. Well, hey, that's cool. Yeah, I'm psyched. It's like a supper club at 54 Below or whatever. And we're going to, so that's what I'm kind of in town for. And then heading to the UK for a short tour.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So it's other people sort of covering your, is it Jack's Mannequin it's, stuff or your solo stuff? It's or?
3: everything, yeah. So they basically, they take the catalog from the last, whatever, 14 or 15 years. And they basically pick, they pick stuff off of every record. And they do, I want to say like 15 or 16 tunes. And it's, um like a handful of young Broadway stars get up and sing the song. So it's the first time I've actually gotten to be – they did it one year before where I couldn't be there, so this year I actually get to be in the audience and see it, and I'll get up and sing a few with them as well. Oh,
0: yeah. And those, these kids must be so excited for you to be there, I'd imagine.
3: I I mean, I guess I I was, I was probably, I'm probably more excited than they are, you know, like I've, I've never been in a room watching other people sing my songs, you know, usually it's me. So, so I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what it, what it looks like, especially with like the, the theatrical element and like actually having kind of like Broadway voices do songs that weren't written for Broadway, you know, so I I think it'll be fun. Wow. That's amazing. That's so
2: cool. All right.
3: No, it's cool. (laughs) I like that. I like this. This is a good <laughs> dynamic between you two. Yeah, we had
0: like we we've done some. We've done a bunch of podcasts together. We did a live one where we, whenever Vanessa's on, we talk about like TV a lot. We yeah. talk
2: about a lot of nineties TV, and then someone suggested we have a podcast that's just talking about nineties TV.
0: Yeah, I feel
3: like it would be like a really niche thing, and it w- uh,
2: probably could only couldn't have more than like two episodes. Yeah. It'd
3: probably be really successful. I mean, I don't. Know, I feel like the nineties are so. Somehow relevant right now that I think it would probably do pretty well. You know, what we were talking about the other day, and you you said we didn't
0: talk about this in person though. Do you remember those Boku ads with Richard <laughs> Lewis? Where it was like this it was came like up a, on Boku. Twitter. No, it was like what is Boku? It,
2: Boku was like juice boxes, but were they alcoholic?
0: No, they weren't <laughs> alcoholic. Yeah, but they, they were like marketed towards adults, and it's like. They were like white grape and like raspberry, that's and they had amazing. Richard Lewis as their spokesman. He's like,
3: I wanted a boku. My girlfriend said, "Like I do remember yeah. this. Thank I you. absolutely do remember this."
2: He's like, I'm at a party and a bunch of friends are drinking wine and beer, and I want a boku. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like the most yeah, that's the most bummer ad. You could it's like yeah, is that,
0: who's it the actually, guy drinking the
3: boku in the course, and it was like so, so obvious that they were like
0: it. say he like would have to say adult eight times, and he's like, and there's no straw it's not a juice but it was like so
2: (laughs) funny then somebody found it and posted it
3: yeah yeah see for me the one ad that i remember from growing i guess it wasn't the 90s it was probably the 80s as a kid was like does anybody remember polio string cheese does this ring a bell with anybody on earth okay what was the commercial it was like it it was (laughs) some guy be like hey polio string cheese like Bellissimo, magnifique, c'est, c'est bon. Like, and it was a bunch of guys, yeah, like, in bad Italian accents saying how much they like this string cheese. And I ate it. Like, I, I bought it. Because of that. <laughs> Yeah, it worked. That. I, I made my mom get me polio string cheese, like, and I ate it religiously.
0: I don't think so, but I. F- do you remember that?
2: I feel like I this is don't something know if we would I remember. Do. I, I know. I'm really disappointed in us. I, maybe me if too. we watch it, because I will say, I kind of remembered the Boku ads, but once I saw it, once I saw the actual thing, I was like, oh, I remember this.
0: By the way, like, every interview I've done this week, I've, like, asked people about it because I'm, like, I'm losing my mind.
3: And Laura, so you actually pulled the ads up and you, yeah, you
0: yeah, revisited Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura Jane Grace had no idea what it was, but she was like, I didn't live in the States when I was...
2: Yeah, I, I mean, feel like... They, they were pretty... Po- that was a pretty popular commercial. Yeah.
3: All right. I'm going um, to have to dig in after, check we, it out. after we get off here. Yeah. Um, a
0: lot of, like... Um, and we were just talking when you came in, we kind of were together on the warp tour yeah, yeah yeah so i think the first year i worked on it for ap was 2002 which,
3: which... was the year that something corporate okay. played. it was like kind of one of our first big tours we had just we just put out the first something corporate record i think like maybe a few months before that tour um and yeah gosh that would talk about like an interesting place to cut your teeth yeah you know, especially with like a piano i remember the first day we I showed up on stage and I was like why are there like there were all these like little rocks and pebbles sticking in between the keys of the piano and we had like we just hired our friends to go on tour with us because we didn't have any money you know and and I remember like getting on stage and I could barely play the piano because of all these rocks and I said to my my tour manager go why is the piano all screwed up and and they all kind of start like looking the other direction and turning their heads you know it's like what happened and the, in the as they're forklifting the gear like you know the warp tour how they like they'll come forklift your gear from your the back of your van or your your trailer or your bus or whatever the piano like <sighs> nosedived off the front of the forklift on its way to the stage on like day 1 and it was it's kind of a metaphor for the for the tour <laughs> oh, for me gosh. somehow but that's I mean but what a great place to like learn how to be in a band on tour for sure
0: yeah it was so funny because yeah like we were talking earlier like there was so much I remember it being like a thing. I was like, it's something corporate. Like, are these guys punk? Cause like they have a piano and they put their stickers on it and like they're on drive thru. <laughs> so I guess they kind of are. But and it was like, it was so funny how that tour like was like, cause at that time that tour was kind of changing into like something else, anyways.
3: Yeah. I think it was, I mean, especially in those days, it was all about what label you could apply to a band you know was it emo was it punk was it hardcore was it post-hardcore you know what I mean? it was like it was all these you know and and here we were like i just grew up like listening to billy joel and elton john and you know whoever and you know, I, I had, you know, obviously Blink was from San Diego, which was an hour from where I was living at, in high school. So, I mean, I, I was, all that stuff was on my radar and, and I guess pop punk to some extent was like on my radar, but we didn't know who drive Through was before the band got signed. And, and, um, and we didn't, I mean, I never, in all the, in all the shows that we played leading up to getting signed, not one time did anybody ever call us a punk band. I mean, there was n- like, it just was not even a thought. And then we signed a drive-thru and it was like, there's this piano punk rock band from, from so, and you know, and, he, and, he, and I laugh because I mean, even to this day, like, I in my most recent single, I like reference being in a punk band just like as a joke because I never really was, but everybody thinks I was, you know, but yeah, it, it worked out in our favor. We had a bunch of these punk kids like show up to our shows. And we had people moshing during ballads and stuff like that and, and crowd surfing and it was it definitely made like playing in a band that people thought was a punk band a lot of fun
0: yeah it's weird how that stuff like it makes it like okay for people to like it like it's like mm-hmm. if they had never would listen to it and they're like oh this is on warp torrents on this label like i can give this a chance
3: totally Well, i think all those it, it's so funny if you really look at that scene at least circa 2002 when i was in it it was really just young kids singing love songs like against a like a a, you know a double time beat you know it's like we just didn't really have the double time beat but i think we sort of got to the i think we just sort of got to that the niche of kids who really were into it because of the lyric and because it was young and it was like about being a kid like you know starting to you know date girls for the first time or whatever (laughs) you know i I think i think those like those lines ran through it enough that people were like yeah yeah it's a punk band and we love them and and of course a lot of people hated us too which you know was you know, like I got like ice block thrown at my head at one of the. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I mean it was funny. I mean, you, know, the, 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 you get like that's the other thing about the warp tour is you get used to people doing like pretty horrendous shit to you on stage. You know, like, and you just go like, oh yeah, it's normal. Like if the entire audience flipped me off at the end of the show today, or like, or like if I got like almost knocked out by like an enormous block of ice. Like, save where do you get an enormous block of ice at the warp tour? But,
2: um. Yeah, I feel like it's – everyone would yeah, love that. Yeah, you had that. to go to it's some trouble hot. probably
0: to, to get
3: that and bring yeah. it up. <laughs> I think <laughs> – It's I think, dedication. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: There was that too. <laughs> it was
3: like we got to take, take these guys out. But yeah, like I, there was a day that we played – I mean, it was, you know, we got stuck on a stage where it rained outside and everybody got stuck inside and we were on like right after – I don't know if it was like No Use for a Name or like somebody who was like a much harder band than we were and their whole crowd was like – penned in stuck watching us and i was like oh this is gonna go really well um but for the most part i mean it was all fun i i I think i think all those things are like the great those are the great stories you take from a tour is like the shit that goes wrong anyway (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and
0: then and you played the ally thing for jack and rachel of course and uh you did a couple songs and you did a something corporate song with one of your old bandmates too
3: um (sighs) On the wait at the at the at, show at the show I feel oh like yeah you no, brought... Bobby Bobby came out well, so yeah yeah. Bob, yeah absolutely so Bob came out um right Bobby played at the Ally thing okay he... yeah that's right uh so Bob basically he joined something corporate after our guitar player Will left okay and and kind of was like our hired gun and then and then that was sort of right as we were all you know tensions were a little bit on the rise and we were just burnt out and trying to figure out what we were gonna do next and then I started Jax. And about halfway through writing and recording the first Jacks Mannequin record, um, I mean Bobby, just knowing him is like he was such a great guitar player. You might remember River City High, yeah, of course, yeah. Bobby and Jay, my drummers, who's still my drummer to this day, uh, they played in River City High, which was like another, really, yeah, yeah. Were either of them the dude who had the cowboy hat? No, the cowboy. <laughs> neither of them wore the cowboy hat, but the cowboy hat is discussed on a on a fairly regular basis uh, amongst all of us. Um, but yeah, so so. I brought Bob in to play uh, towards the end of the Jax Mannequin record, and then when Jax came together, we brought in J Mac uh, to play drums, and and that was sort of the core of, of Jax after you know after that. Okay, yeah,
0: and then so these days, do you mostly perform
3: kind of solo? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I mean, I have the band with me, like, so J, actually Jay and then the most recent bass player from Jack's Mannequin play in this band. And then we have a keyboard player, a guy named Zach Clark, who's also a really talented singer songwriter in his own right. Um, and, and so, yeah, we trap, we travel as a four piece and that's how we do most of our shows. But, but I go out and I sneak out and do a lot of this sort of like one-off solo stuff. Been, I do a lot of, I have a foundation that, that, that raises money for young adult cancer. So like, I'll go out, we've done like I don't know, four or five shows in the past six months or so where I'll just go out with me and the piano and, and, you know, or do like, we did a writers in the round with uh, like Glenn Phillips from Toad the Wet Sprocket and Brett Denon the other night, you oh, know, wow. at Michigan, like, um,
2: love Toad the Wet Sprocket, BT dubs, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I had their album. Was it
3: those walk on
0: the ocean? Was that that yeah. walk on the ocean? Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, All I want. All, All I, I want.
2: want. Something's always wrong. Remember that video? Mm. that video do you remember that video i don't remember the video it's like people for sale it's like almost home shopping and it has like each like person and then they're like rotating it's like i was also very into home shopping by the way not really? what they were not what they were trying to get across <laughs> <laughs> but i was very into that song and i remember my friend got me the album that had those other song that had um all i want and stuff on it and it didn't have the song something's always wrong and i was so bummed out about it
3: yeah, I grew up, I like grew up like on those, those records. Ones. It was cool to play with him. And like, of course, the first song he plays, you know, we're all on stage doing like a Writers in the Round. So it's four of us. And the first song he plays is, uh, I think he played, he played either All I Want or Walk on the Ocean yeah. first. And I was like, oh shit, great. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. We got to follow the guy who just played like one of the biggest hits of, the, yeah. of, of like our upbringing, you know, but he's ta- really talented.
2: Oh, I love that. I I really was very into that band. Uh, in case people are wondering what's happening now, we're getting coffee yeah, really hot, from Stumptown. Yeah, Be so Stumptown. Hey.
3: <laughs> this is the moment where we plug Stumptown coffee on the
2: podcast. Yeah, Thanks, man. From, yeah. Portla- from Portland. From Portland. I was going to say yeah. Portlandia. Portlandia.
3: Portlandia. Portlandia. Um, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, so yeah, he would he would kick off with "All I Want," and we were just like, "All right, great." You know, what song are we going to follow this guy with? I was glad to be f- like three seats away from him, so yeah. you know, usually it would it would you know sort of be okay by the time it got to me. But, um, but yeah, so I try I try and sneak out and play as much solo piano stuff as I can too.
0: That's awesome. And Dear Jack is the name of your foundation. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and so
2: Vanessa is going to get into that
0: cancer survivor. <laughs> really.
2: Yeah, well, this is a crazy story. So Jonah interviewed you, I think, Probably, I don't know. For AP or something? Probably
3: that that makes sense. Yeah, at some
2: point. When you were sick or when you were kind of... I'm not sure exactly what stage you were in at that time, but I had leukemia when I was in high school, and I I wrote you an email, and I don't know... And I actually... Part of the reason I was late is because I tried to find the email... In my old AOL also account. It was probably
0: sent to like band at some <laughs> corporate. My to old AOL but I don't <laughs> even know.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is I don't even know how Jonah and I were just texting. I don't know how I had your email.
0: I don't know. And I don't even know if this really was your email. Yeah. To that, be totally honest. Right, right, right.
2: Because like part of me is like, I feel like it's an email that I got from reading the article. That, but that's, a, that's not right. Because you wouldn't, no one would have printed your email in there. I would but I feel it. like I, I I definitely emailed you, but who knows? What or I emailed what I thought.
0: Yeah. What what did you say? Cuz you can just say it now.
2: I that's why I wanted to read it to <laughs> you. Yeah. I thought that would be But I think I was just like I'm Jonah's sister.
0: <laughs> this guy who you like, tangentially roughly, know. Like
2: I can kind of remember my thought process was like I'm Jonah's sister. I know that like you're like dealing with leukemia you yeah. and like i had leukemia if you ever like need help with it oh my any, god like, i would have i would have yeah. really
3: appreciated having <laughs> yeah. actually had cuz that's a crazy thing right like when you're when you're young and you yeah. get it it's really weird you don't have a lot of there's not a lot of connections back to people who've right. dealt with it how old were you i was 22
2: yeah so i feel like this there's never i was thinking about this on my way here like there's never obviously a good time to have it but there's pros and cons of like each age mm-hmm. and i feel like i was 15 when i was diagnosed so like i was still living at home right. and like i so in some ways there's it's just like such a different i mean still
3: but you're also sim- like but you're also going like you're
2: in high school yeah becoming
3: an adult you're going i mean god being in high school talk about like what's harder yeah. than being in high school being in high school sick though you totally
2: know? Like, totally i
3: mean that's the whole thing with the foundation is like that's what we try and focus on that 15 to 39 age bracket yeah. you know because There's all these psychosocial issues that go along with it. There are all these things that happen that that aren't necessarily relevant to like pediatric cancer or getting cancer as an older adult when you're kind of already where you've had kids or you've done you know you've done all these other things. Like, um, but yeah, but that's sort of where obviously that was all born out of God. I wish I had read that email. It would have been good. I you know what? I'm gonna still
2: try (laughs) and find it. I looked. The problem is I'm gonna burn AOL right now. Uh-oh. AOL, at least in the past, <laughs> like, you know how with Gmail, plug in Gmail, hope I get some stuff from Google, you know how in Gmail you can, like, search forever back? Like, you can go, like, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think that any others, or at the time, like, AOL's not like that. Like, I don't even, I go to my old mail and it's empty.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
2: just clears itself out or something.
3: But so do you still have your old AOL? I do. Yeah, I can't believe you still have it. I looked, There
2: were four, there were, like, 14,000 emails in my inbox and I didn't look at any of them.
3: I literally, last year, my mom was like, hey, we need to get rid of your old AOL. Or it was maybe two years ago. Because I just, like, kept mine forever. I thought I was the last person to actually have an AOL (laughs) email address.
2: Uh, Our dad (laughs) is, and he still uses it. (laughs) He tried to use Gmail, and it was, like, too confusing Are they still paying
3: for it, though? This is the question.
2: Uh, Okay. I don't know. Here's here's what I... I don't think our dad... (laughs) I don't think he's paying for it. That's a great question, though. But he's definitely paying for a service that like protects his email that we told him is total garbage. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's I know he listened like, to this to protection this. sweep. Yeah, he was like you should get this thing. It's like they can't steal your identity or hack your email and I was like this is like such <laughs> bullshit. Like you should not give these people your money.
2: By the way, he's also always like I got this email from from Chase. It they wanted me to like enter in my like Chase account and password and my social security number. And I think it's spam, so I'm not going to do it. And I wanted to let you guys know it's out there. And we're like, yeah, we're not going to like.
0: I also think Gmail filters that stuff
1: out.
3: He said to you, he said like the warning, just so you know, this is going around. Yeah,
2: he'll like always warn us about stuff. He's looking out for us, which is is, nice. Thank you, dad. Sometimes I think he gets mad because we make fun of him, but it's out of love.
3: Yeah, he's like, look, the the Prince of Namibia just sent me an email <laughs> yeah. saying that if I send him ten thousand dollars, I'll get a million back. I don't think, yeah, it's yeah, I don't think it's just, real. There's also some other scams. By the way,
2: I don't think he's unique in being like a dad that does that. No,
3: I
0: think I think also as you get older,
2: too, you well, because yeah, it's we're more the. Internet I think you just generation. get a little more
0: paranoid too. Yeah. But yeah, there's some stuff like if someone rear ends you, like, and you get out of your car, they'll like carjack you. So like, look out for people rear end. You're just like, what? Like, I don't have a car. Like,
3: <laughs> that's amazing.
0: But yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Vanessa does a lot of stuff with Make a Wish.
3: Okay. We've done. We've had a few Make a Wish. <laughs> uh. Uh. Kids come out to shows and. We've, oh, cool. We've hosted, we've hosted a few Make a Wish. Yeah. At, at At gigs, which I mean. I think any organization that's, I mean, it's, with that stuff especially, it's like, it's, it's its huge to have people doing that.
2: Well, we actually, I went to Hawaii with Make-A-Wish.
3: Yeah. When you were sick. When I was sick. Yeah,
2: our
0: whole family
3: went.
2: Yeah, wow. I mean, I was sort of done, I was sort of like finishing up my treatment, so I was in pretty good, um, pretty good health shape at that point. But like, yeah, we they sent us all to Hawaii, a limo took us to the airport. It was so fun, remember? That's
0: so cool. Yeah, I don't remember the limo
2: a limo pick, picked us up or something and um and remember we were in the presidential suite at like this hotel and remember the first night mom and dad went to dinner and we ordered room service
0: vaguely
3: and this was like 20 years ago. It was ago. so fun. That sounds It awesome. was I remember being a fun
2: fit. It was really cool.
3: So how does that work like you you write them a letter or something and you say this is my you, wish or Yeah, you, you,
2: you contact you just like call the office, you contact them and you don't have to have a really big um a lot of people think that it has to be like basically the kids have to be like dying to right. do it. You just have to have a life-threatening disease. Mm-hmm. I think just, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, yeah. Um but so um so you contact them and then they come meet with you, like two wish granters come meet with you and then they ask you, you can like go somewhere, get something or meet someone. What I've found out <laughs> since is that if you meet someone, you can also go somewhere to meet them. So that's ah, kind of a trick for anyone. Work in the system. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like we have people come to SNL and they're like, got a trip to New York. And it's like, oh, you got two things. <laughs>
1: but, oh, <I> it. <laughs> but, Smart.
2: Yeah. But we went to Hawaii. A lot of kids at that time were getting computers. I remember that was a big thing because it was when I'm sure people, are, kids are still getting computers and stuff. But computers, remember, at that time were like a million. They, they were so expensive and right. they were enormous. Um. But uh
0: And you almost wanted to meet someone.
2: E- oh, this is such a good story. I feel like I'm gonna tell this again at the Make A Wish Gala, but I don't mind previewing. There's it. probably not
0: gonna be a lot of crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be totally honest.
2: I wanted to Touché. meet I was a huge my So-Called Life fan. Oh yeah. Even though this was in retrospect several several years after my So-Called Life, but I was in love with Jared Leto. I really wanted to meet him. And so part of I was thinking about having my wish. My wish was going to be to meet Jared Leto. And then I told my parents, I don't want to meet him because I'd rather meet him when we're peers. Which, uh, like, I respect
3: that. Yeah.
2: Okay, very confident teen. <laughs> you had a vision for yourself. <laughs> That's
3: good. You
1: need that.
2: And then, and then when I was, two summers ago, I was presenting at the VMAs. I introduced Miley Cyrus as Miley. And he was presenting too. And so like we re- and were sitting in the same room. We really were like peers. And that's when I met him and I told him that story. Isn't that crazy?
3: Well it sounds like you got so you got two wishes. Yeah. You know I mean? Like you made that wish or you long gave <laughs> so you long right. that wish. You know what?
2: You're right, I did get two wishes. Yeah, so I right. worked the system too. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the,
3: that's like you secreted that wish. Yeah, you know I secreted I mean? that yeah. one.
2: Yeah. That's true, I did get two wishes. But um there it was just crazy because someone pointed out too that this is not to burn nine oh two and zero or like other shows like that, but like <laughs> it's just interesting that like people that that he's was on a show and or just that he is someone who's still in pop culture. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's like not only did whatever a lot of things had to come together for that to happen. Yeah. But I guess I got to. And you told wish. him? The, did you tell him the story? Yeah. Was Yeah, he, yeah, he thought it was really nice. I can't, I think I told him like I know I think the girl I was with who's like our publicist told his publicist and then I think I told him or she told him. It was so loud.
0: It was, like, a very weird scene. And we were sitting next to, like, Daft Punk, and they were, like, wearing the <laughs> masks. Like, it was, like, a really, like, surreal
2: just kind of that like vibe. That awesome. Yeah.
3: Did you talk to Daft Punk? Do they talk in the helmets? Is I like- fully
2: thought that they were hired. They were, like... Like, I thought they worked for, like, the awards show because I didn't... I wasn't familiar with their look.
0: It was, like, me and then Vanessa's friend, Julie, and then them. And I, they didn't really talk. They just kind of sat there, like, straight ahead. But, like... <laughs> But yeah, those masks were so crazy. When
3: they like things, they nod. When they a, don't, they should. A their little
0: heads. bit, but like they just kind of sat there. And then like <laughs> Richard Simmons was sitting in front of us. But he was like dressed up in a dress, like a woman or something for some reason. Like, there was like.
2: Yeah, I remember Lady Gaga was sitting near us and she was wearing it was when she was wearing like almost like a bathing suit. And she, like every time she stood up, you could see her butt. And it was like. It was just. I
0: definitely miss that.
2: Yeah. Well, it was just really like, she was kind of dressed like a mermaid. Okay. And it was just really like, all I could think about was, good for her, number one. Number two, the seats were really cold. And I was like, <laughs> you're sitting, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. sitting on a toilet seat or something that's like, but colder. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you going back to yeah. when you were sick and stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like any of your... Because I know, like, I've I've written, like, stand-up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of, like, affected how my, like, creative process a little bit. Yeah. Do you think – did you write any stuff about that or did you
3: – Yeah. <laughs> is, that, yeah. I,
2: is it – like, am I very – yeah. No, yeah. no.
3: There's, like – so, it's funny because I had a real struggle writing music after it happened and figuring really? out how to approach it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I wrote tons of – yeah, I wrote journals worth of, worth of stuff that like, even to this day, like I go back, it's like, eventually I'll put a lot of that stuff out in some yeah. form or another because there's a lot of really powerful, well-written stuff that I, but it became hard. I was, like I write like pop music, like that's what I do, yeah. you know, and, and to try and find the form for that was really tricky. It took a few years from the time that I, you know, got sick. The first record came out on the day I got my stem cell transplant. So like, Whoa. so
2: did you, what did you have? I had ALL. You had ALL?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you, had, you got a stem cell? I, my
3: sister was my, was my, was wow. my match. I yeah. had
2: ALL too, but I, I didn't.
3: The key that you did like the three-year chemo regimen? Yeah. yeah. That was the, if, if my sister hadn't been a match, like they, did, they didn't check, the the, they didn't check the, the, they didn't look for matches anywhere else. They're like, look, you have one full-blooded sibling. If she's a match, we'll talk about it. And she just happened to be a perfect match. So
2: how long was your treatment?
3: It was about a year from start to finish wow. it was fast it was relatively quick because the tr- stem cell is like it's the immune system reboot so once once you're transitioned off of your uh like immunosuppression and all that stuff it actually becomes um you know you go for checkups and stuff but what the, year was that it was 2005
2: i wonder if because i was diagnosed in like 1997 i think i wonder if that's if that hadn't wasn't like an option yet or something.
3: Yeah, well, I think like I had a really aggressive doctor, you know, and okay. and he was like in his whole thing. I mean, he he, he I think he took a, the road less traveled with me quite a few times, you know, Okay. and, and I, I I actually got like second opinions that were like, don't do a stem cell transplant. And my doctor was wow. like, my doctor was like, I really believe this is your cure. I believe this is the right thing to do, you know, but you have to make the decision. But yeah, it, 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 there were, a, I went to a couple different places because once you find out what, what goes into it, the transplant, it's like, yeah. that's also very scary, you know, because um, if it doesn't work, it, it shortens. Your are short right. your lifespan by a lot, you know. Whereas if you do the chemo regimen, even if it's not successful, you might have a handful of years, you know. Right, left. right, right. So th- that became the deal, and I was just like, "Let's swing the bat." You yeah. Know? And, 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 but yeah, I don't think it's commonplace to look for a transplant first round.
2: That's what I think. Yeah. That that's what I think they said to us was yeah. that in unless. I had a re- like if I had a recurrence or something, it's, I would do it's that. more, yeah.
3: Of, it's viewed, I think, and it's changing, I think it's evolved over time, yeah. Right, but I think at the time, even when I was being treated, it was viewed almost as a last resort if yeah. chemo doesn't work, right? Um, but it's like anything, like if you do the transplant second, right, th- then it's less effective, right?
2: Right, if right. If you do
3: the chemo after the transplant, it's Maybe, less effective, right? Right. So, his whole feeling was like he was, just, it was an odds game for us. It was yeah. like, well, he's like, I think your odds are better. If you do this, yeah, you know, but the odds, you know, you know, what's it's, interesting? Not great it's, either way, it's
2: interesting because people will be like, "You can't leukemia is like just a thing that you can't really get diagnosed early. It's not staged, yeah, 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 because it's like in your was it in your blood when you were diagnosed? Sorry, to exactly.
3: No, no, it's fine. No, uh, it was. Yeah, I mine mean, was
2: weirdly only in my bone marrow. Did you know that? No, it was not in, out in my blood yet. But I feel like that's or at least that's how I is mean, that how yours was Yeah. I feel like
3: it might have been because they. I mean. Because we did blood tests, but it wasn't. Yeah. Until, we had. to – I mean, I they had, they to had to give you do a the bone bo- marrow test. Yeah. Yeah, 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 those are
2: fun. Yeah, I guess that. So. Yeah, <laughs> um,
3: but yeah. So, so that's that's how. I mean, that's how it all went. But to, back to your question, yeah. it took me a so, while. It took me a while to get yeah. to music, and I wrote like a lot of a record before I even talked about it. You know, like I wrote, yeah. I wrote half an album before I actually was like, okay, like one song finally kind of blasted through and it was just like, wasn't really about being sick. It was more about like having people, like being tired of of people talking to me about being sick. That was like the first thing that came out. I was kind of like, I don't need you to tell me I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. It it was kind of, there was, I had a lot of anger, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah, totally. You you know? And and I, I, and when I was like, you know, I made this, I made a record I was really proud of, you know, and you go into rooms and it's like, you're like at that point you don't you're not wanting to talk about being sick when right, you just right, right. started getting better and it was yeah. like everywhere I went it was the only thing I didn't want to talk about which I now reflecting of course I understand yeah totally and then now I'm like I'm so happy to talk about it because it's important to me right to right talk right about it. um but at the time I think I was a little pissed you know well also and,
2: it's a lot it's it's so it, I think one thing about being sick that people don't realize is like it's like you're sick and then on top of it, you have like the second job of like making everyone feel okay. And it's like, that's really exhausting to like talk to everybody and be like, I'm like, like, like people don't realize they're giving you that job, but but it just, it's because people care about you, you know, and they want to know, but like the, the, yeah, it's like a, it's like a whole other element to it. That's like very tiring.
3: Yeah, it's tricky. But, but you know, but a couple of my favorite songs that I've ever written came out of that period of time and songs that like, time and time again, like I have fans come to shows and they're the ones that have those lyrics are tattooed on them. Oh, you know what so I mean? Nice. And those are the, you know, cause, cause a lot of those songs ended up being like very much about hope and trying, you know, like, cause even as, as, even though I got better quicker, I've always, I just like, I might, you know, it, it, takes, a I mean, it takes a while for your brain, just takes a while to bounce yeah, back from that. Yeah, And so a lot of it was like, I'd be super depressed and I'd like have to write a song to sort of yeah f- get my way out. And I'm sure you probably used comedy in a similar way. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it helps you process it and at least laugh about it or, or, or find a, you know, that little shred of hope or whatever it is. Um, And so a lot of those songs that ended up on the second Jack's Mannequin record yeah. were really... About that, there's a song called "The Resolution." There's a song called "Swim," and then there's like some darker stuff. A song called "Bloodshot." That's like you know, but they all sort of circles yeah. that, that
2: theme. Yeah, yeah. You know? I I I do stand up about it a little bit, and I found what I had the similar like I when I, I didn't start doing stand up until much later. Okay, but or m- much after I had it, but like I when I got on SNL, I stopped doing that stand up for like kind of like I yeah. didn't want people. I didn't. I just because like when you're doing something, you just like want. It's now I'm fine with people knowing, but I just didn't want it to become, I don't know. It becomes a, well, yeah. Like the hard. thing that's like sort of your defining thing. Totally. Of, yeah. I mean, I guess you already had a career before. Right. But it was tricky. So, like I've known
3: people who've had, I, like I knew a girl who like she didn't want to tell anybody that she got sick. Cause she, same, same reason. Yeah. And, I, and there was just, there was a point where I just switched gears and I was like, look, I can't change the fact that like, from a, from a human, the human side of this, like people want to talk about it. Yeah, you totally, know? And, totally. And so, you know, I, I think the, I, 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 sort of re, you know, re, I shifted my focus into being like, look, if you just have a long career and if, yeah, you, exactly. and if you continue to write great music and all your music isn't about this, let people talk about it, yeah. talk to them about it. And, you know, and that, you know, hence like you're doing the make wish stuff. I do the foundation. Right. You try and find a way to parlay that conversation into like well here's what i'm doing to make a difference since this isn't currently my plate yeah. you know it's it's somebody else's and so we we, the, right, right, know, right. we we steer our focus towards that and it makes it easier to have that conversation when you can say well go to the website and if you really are curious about this like donate a little bit of money yeah, make, make somebody else's yeah. day a little bit better um but yeah and again it's like after all these years now it's like it's such a part of me, like and it yeah really, I, it, yeah it make you know how it is makes you who, you, who are, you are yeah exactly you know and 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 I'm proud of that part of me. There, I ran from it for a while, but yeah, now I'm like, this is great. Like, there's so many good things came out of it. I wouldn't have had this baby girl that I have now. Like, it was like I mean, you know, like I joke, but it was like it was banked sperm from before my transplant that like <laughs> led to having this kid. You know, and it's like now it's like all these things have started to come together. Yeah, but I don't know. Were you rah rah about like like? I know some people are like, don't, does, isn't life, don't you just see it so much more, like, yeah. you know, like, isn't everything so much clearer now? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like Yeah,
2: I, I'm always <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like I should, like, not be stressed out so much that, like, I don't like about the dumbest stuff all the time, <laughs> but I am. But I do think, like, I do think I agree with you that it brings that, like, I felt like part of the reason I went into comedy is because we were joking around about it in our house so much and stuff yeah. and with my friends. But also I think it also just naturally brings out parts of your personality that like makes, I don't know if you felt that like it made that part of my personality. I I don't know, like brought it out more or something.
3: Yeah, the, the alcoholic portion of my personality came out pretty successfully in, <laughs> in, in, the, in the intervening years. That's pretty well under control at this point. Uh, but yeah, it, it does though. You find y- y- there's an edge to it too. Like there's yeah. a lot, you know, like we joked about it constantly, like to the point where I I made people uncomfortable. Like, like. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it was like,
2: you, ha- you have to laugh You at have it. to. And I think also that's a really good way to not alienate yourself which is like an easy thing to do because people don't know what i i found people didn't always know what to say around me about it and then if we would joke about it or if i would joke about it then they would feel comfortable like it would be like oh this isn't a thing that's like off limits that i have to like totally you know yeah um very cool (laughs)
3: Cancer bitches. Yeah, I'd like to hang out with you guys more. to Go to the places that you go. <laughs> this oh sounds, my god, this sounds pretty entertaining.
2: Yeah, it's pretty
0: fun to hang out with us. I guess
2: it's- we are tr- we are <laughs> trying to get some kind of award for oh, being yeah. good siblings. West well, hang, Jack, Ra- Jack and Rachel. Jack and
0: Rachel got this like coolest siblings in New York award or like. Well, they were written this up this. In-
2: they yeah. must have, they must it-
3: have created this award it- just for maybe. No, there was
2: no. It wasn't an award. It was there was an article in like. In like uh, time or something that was like 10 coolest sibling pairs like in New York and they were in it. And then my friend emailed me about it like after it came out and still I like tried to, uh, to get us in it. And it was like, uh, that's not how it works. Like, once like a magazine comes out, you can't like insert yourself into it. Will- so
3: there's like 10, there's like 10 notable sibling yeah, awesome I guess uh, and, and they were number one. Uh,
2: subjective.
0: Yeah, but yeah, like, <laughs> like we will still send messages. Were to, like, they
2: number one, or was was there a ranking? They,
0: yeah, there was a ranking, and they were number one. But Vanessa like will sometimes like email her publicist like, hey, like if that How sibling thing comes thing? out again, like just here. It's like, just
2: like I feel like there isn't a whole lot of sibling. Maybe you could write it, Jonah. You could write a thing about that maybe sibling.
3: the only way it happens. <laughs> you guys should just post. Like, make your own magazine.
0: Right. Cool siblings. Yeah. It's not, like, an official thing. Like, anyone can...
2: Oh, by the way, we got to record that song. When are we going to do that?
0: Tomorrow? Yeah, we're, we're in a band, too. Okay. Do you want to record
2: it? I really... Uh, I... We can talk about this later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I like hanging out with you guys. It's yes, But let's put it's the good.
3: focus back on you, Angela. Oh, you're geez. Gosh, I was hoping you were.
0: See <laughs> <laughs> um, so this Broadway thing coming up? And then, like, what do you sort of do when you're not kind of on tour writing like what kind of stuff do you kind of do just for fun to relax obviously you have a kid so that must take a lot of your time
3: it does that's like it's crazy i mean i guess i assumed it would take a lot of my time but it takes a lot more of my time than i even assumed it would but uh but yeah, so it's basically hang out with them, and I'm truthfully like I'm like they're here. I actually they were going to come. Oh, my no wife, way. and my daughter were going to come here, and it was finally like maybe like a proper nap in a in a in a space. Like she took her last nap at VH1. So so <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: it, just, are they close though? They could come. Th- we, just, we just just yeah. take the
3: train over. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So so she's she's napping uh, back at the hotel, but um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean obviously that takes a ton of time. Truthfully, since I guess I don't know June, it's been either tour or writing or promo or something like that. And, um, you know, when I am home, when I do have time, it's like, I I do yoga. We were talking about that before. So I, I try and practice as much as I can. Um, and, and really just kind of hang out and and enjoy, you know, what little time, you know, I do have to kind of hang out. But I also like, I've been writing a ton while I've been home and going to, I've been going to Nashville and doing writing trips in Nashville and that's been a lot of fun. And, um, you're just trying to keep it. You know how it is. It's like when you're creative. If you let it, if you let it sit because you're working, or say so you're running around. Like I'm not writing songs when I'm when I travel, really, because I don't have access to a piano in a hotel room. Right, which is right, the way, right. You know, it's like I don't have a guitar. I carry with me on my back and just sit down and write. So I try. I try when I get back to like really keep. Keep focused and, and and keep writing as much as I can.
2: Where do you live?
3: I live in a in a town basically halfway between San Diego and Los Angeles. Oh, great! So, yeah, so I, I i i go I work in LA a lot, but it's what's far it called? Apart. Where it's called you- San Clemente.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: Yeah, so it's just a little. It's a. It's I think it's like one of the last great. California beach towns, you know. Oh, where it's like great! You, you can still wa- you can walk everywhere. The traffic's not horrendous. Like it, it's a it's a well kept secret up until this podcast. I think.
2: <laughs> is it near Bolinas? I don't know where Bolinas is. I have a friend who just went there.
3: It's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it if it is if it is a yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. But me and Vanessa are really bad at geography. I feel like
2: uh, I'm worse. I'm so bad. at
3: I know it. of Salinas,
0: but yeah, I know of Salinas too, but it's different it's different <laughs> um there's a b in this one when you go down to nashville is that mostly writing with other people like or is it most is that because i know a lot of people do that
3: yeah i mean it, truthfully like i i've been writing. like I, I i think i started you know when i started writing when i was nine years old and it, really the process was like get in a room by yourself and and bang it out um that sounded pretty good um but yeah uh <laughs> i'm sorry it, it,
2: Uh, no pun intended (laughs) Um, (laughs) but
3: but you know in the past few years like since getting phone calls to write for for other people and do things like that and like you know writing for I wrote for TV for a little bit and I've just been having more fun getting in the room with other people and sort of you know vibing off of what somebody else has to you know has to contribute and and seeing how that turns into a song you know so so in nashville it's just something i started like i had family move out that way so i was like well i'm gonna come out here and just write for a week and did five sessions in five days and Uh. like met a ton of like amazing people who um you know who have like a great work ethic which is kind of why i was really into being down there um so I'm going back in March and, you know, write with a couple people that I, I really took a liking to while I was over there last time. And and um, and um yes, yeah, sort of see if that turns into a record. Like I'm trying to write as much as I can while I'm still working this record in hopes that like I finish working this record. And yeah. It's like, oh, look, there's all this material over here ready right. to go. You know, I, it almost never works like that. But but uh, but uh I just feel like the more good songs I have, the better off I am, you know. So did,
2: no, Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to ask if you're hitting up South By.
3: I'm not going to South By this year, right? Am I? I've got my manager in the room hanging out here. Yeah. Nobody gave him a mic, though. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I might be gone during South By. We're doing a bunch of festivals. So we're doing Coachella and we're doing Govball. Uh, what's that?
2: Are you doing Govball? No. I'm starting to have like Janessa. I'm sorry.
0: Well, you're you're it's talking in weird music Govball. industry type lingo,
3: which is South yeah. By. I'm, just, I'm, just, oh. ki- I'm just
2: keeping up, Coachella.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, so we'll do some festival stuff. Uh, I, I, the only the ones I'm doing, I'm doing Firefly, um, Big Guava um, in Florida, and then Coachella, and I think maybe Summerfest in Milwaukee. But I don't know if that's come together yet are, are we allowed to say that i don't know i never we know. can edit that we can out, out. Yeah, it yeah, out. Whatever, oh, whatever you want man I'm, the, I'm always the guy who blows it and like tells yeah. people what fest what, what festivals i'm playing ahead of time i mean I, I always call my agent like the next day i'm like i'm pretty sure i just announced on the radio that we're playing coachella <laughs> <laughs> i'll pretend i didn't hear that um but but yeah so it's that doing a bunch of radio st- shows and then we'll gear up in the fall to go out back out on on tour again
0: awesome now me and vanessa took piano lessons growing up <laughs> did you ever, and we both kind of like, like most people, I feel like just I know, kind quit. of stopped I and wish, we w- still did wish you hadn't. Did you ever have that period where you were like, I hate piano, like, I don't want to do this anymore when you were younger, or no?
3: It's actually, it's really interesting because my parents, they got my, my sister and I are a year apart. Okay. Um So when I was in first grade, my sister was in second, they signed us up for piano lessons. And I, from the beginning, hated it. And my, my sister loved it.
2: That's kind of how we were. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, I really liked it and you didn't like it.
3: Yeah. I and, I and my parents were really cool. Like, they didn't, they weren't, like, the kind of parents to be like, you're taking piano lessons. You know, like, I had to stick with it for a couple of months or something like that until it was finally just like, he doesn't like taking piano lessons. But I had always liked t- tinkering at the piano and had since I was a kid. And then my sister, you know, after a year or two, she stopped taking lessons. And then when I was nine, I i had a a buddy's dad taught me how to play like a like a basic like a simple chord on a piano he taught me how to play a whole lot of shaking going on by jerry lee lewis and and with that i started writing songs with the chords that he he had taught me and then it was like i was in love with it i was playing like six to eight hours a day every day after school like that's when i got i was like from nine like nine was when i started and then when i was 10 i actually asked for piano lessons of all things like i know that that's not a pretty typical ask what a for a cool!
2: Kid. I bet your parents were like, this is great.
3: Yeah, they were. I have, I have four older brothers and sisters who probably thought less of <laughs> hearing the piano eight hours a day after school. But but to my parents' credit, they like – anytime somebody told me to shut up, they, were, they would be like backhand and be like, he's doing something that he loves. You're, you know, like they always carved out a space for me to do it. Um, but yeah, like – it was always a like a point of contention with my sister and i because she like her friends they would yell down the stairs like shut up andrew you know because i would just sit there playing the same you know how it is right. you're working something out you're just playing same thing over and over and over again um
2: we had some version of that with your bands
0: yeah it, yeah. But it was more like hardcore bands and like in
2: our basement in our basement <laughs> yeah. and my dad would yell
3: <laughs> oh i i can only imagine Nothing like a teenage hardcore band in your, in your, in your basement. So loud. Yeah. So
2: loud. And I'd
0: be
3: like trying to do homework.
0: Evanessa yeah, was a really good student. I, I mean, not so much.
3: Yeah. The, yeah. the hardcore band was either a reflection of that or maybe contributed to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: But you were fine. You were so smart that you didn't, it didn't matter kind of like you still did fine in school. Yeah. I mean,
0: I feel like high school is like, you, you just have to kind of remember stuff.
2: That is not true. That's coming from a really smart person. Like, I feel like if I study, the reason I got such good grades is because I studied really hard, but you could kind of, like, not study and do, like, And get
3: okay grades. (laughs) See, I got good grades, but I just got good grades because I learned, it was, I just learned how to be political in high school. You know, like, I learned how to, okay, that teacher is definitely not going to help me out this year. So, like, I would just, I'd. I'd start a semester of school and I would change like half my classes before the first week was over. Cause I know like, I'm not going to be able to work this teacher. They're not going to let wow. me like, that was how I spent my, because I had to, because you know, you yeah. were in a band, so you know, what it was like you, if you really wanted to like go do a gig or if you had to, you know, you, and you had to get out of school, there's a lot, you know, teachers aren't like, they're not cool with that, you right, know, but, right. but I would, I would ultimately find my way to teachers who were like, this kid's creative. We're going to like, you know, yeah. let, him, let him slide on this. And they're all listening now, I'm sure, going like, you can't, you know, but, um, but yeah, that, I think that's like really what I learned most in high school because it certainly wasn't how to do math because that is not, Yeah, th- those things are not my strong suit.
2: I've sort of forgotten long division, I gotta say.
0: Oh, I definitely have forgotten it. I don't think I ever knew it.
2: Did you know mom is really good at math?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Vanessa. That's really interesting.
2: What else?
0: <laughs> my
3: mom is really good at math too, you guys. <laughs>
0: How's she at word jumbles?
3: Well, just like every, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: wow. So you have how how many? You have four siblings or five? I
3: have. I'm the youngest of five kids. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My mom. I have have three older. When we call them half half. There, I mean, I just call them my sisters. I have a sister and two brothers that came from my mom's first marriage, but they grew up in the house with us. Okay, so when I was bo- I was born, and they were always there. So it's, I almost didn't even realize. I think until I was, you know, seven or eight that they that they weren't my full siblings or whatever. Um, and then my sister and I are from my my mom my mom and dad. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of a lot of kids in the house when i was growing up Wow, that is
0: so crazy
3: it was fun though like you know especially like as as far as music goes having because i was probably what five or six and all my brothers and sisters were teenagers or my or the three oldest were so like when I expressed an interest in music, I was always getting exposed to whatever mm-hmm. they were, you know, whatever they were into or whatever was really happening in music then. So like, as a really young kid, you know, they were giving me, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker records and they were giving me U2 records and, and you know, and uh, Talking Heads and like all the, you know, anything that they were getting their hands on, they would feed back to my, to my sister and I, um, which I think made it, if it made it really fun to grow up in a house with that many people because there was always there was always good music and you always were kind of like jealous of people being able to like leave the house of their own accord and right. and whatever. But uh, but yeah, it was it was fun to grow up in a crazy Irish Catholic house. You know,
2: you like went to a lot of Phil Collins concerts. My oh, first concert you? was
0: Phil Collins.
3: I love F- Phil but Collins se- was like literally my hero as a kid.
2: Jonah has a Phil Collins shirt
0: that I got at that show. It was a But Seriously tour. Okay, it was ninety one. Oh, wow. Do you still wear that shirt? Yeah, I stopped wearing it, but I kept... It was, like, disintegrating.
3: You have to keep it around just so that you you can't lose it.
0: What's crazy is that he didn't put the cities on the back. He just puts the countries he toured and, like, the flag. (laughs) And there were, like, 25 (laughs) countries. And some of the countries had, like, different names than they have now.
3: Well, look at asshole movies. Like, I'm so big, I don't even list the states. It's just just too many countries for us to get. That's amazing. And my
0: second concert was actually Genesis on the We Can't Dance Tour.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but my third concert was Guns N' Roses Skid Row on the User Illusion Tour. And I often awesome. say that was my first concert.
3: <laughs> Dude, you got to claim. I you know,
0: got to claim that. As I've gotten older, I've actually realized that Phil Collins is actually way cooler than I thought he was.
2: And at yeah. the Guns N' Roses concert, you've probably told this story on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Before. I got a
0: bloody nose before the concert and uh,
2: purposely bled purposely onto his <laughs> jeans.
0: Dripped the blood all over my ripped up jeans because I thought it would look cool. <laughs> it, it did. <laughs> it did. But it did. I, looking back, I was like, a 13 year old kid with like dried blood all over his <laughs> jeans. Like, I was like, this will look tough, right? I mean, at the time, also
2: was, for hygienic reasons, like,
0: yeah, it's, it's gross.
3: <laughs> I think, it, I think, um, I, I think you earn a pass on that,
2: but but, but yeah, actually, but our mom took him.
0: I actually wrote a piece about Phil Collins for Vice for Noisy, um, like last year about how, uh, actually, like what an interesting guy he is, and like sort of how kind of deep his music was, and sort of the idea that like. I don't think someone like him could be a pop star now, like this kind of like right. balding middle-aged guy, like yeah. songs like Another Day in Paradise that kind of like makes you feel guilty about like homeless people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, Can you imagine that kind of being when, like, so I know there's people like Susan Boyle and stuff, but I feel yeah. like like the way he looked and the content of his songs. I love that
3: you just compared Phil Collins to Susan Boyle. Well, I, 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 not,
0: not in a negative way. Yeah. But I'm saying that, like, most... I feel like pop music now is so based on aesthetics. Right. And I feel like there's no, a yeah. few people like that where they're just normal-looking people.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, the thing is, that dude was so good. Like, I, again, it's like, yeah, I'm I, People will say it's my guilty pleasure, but I, have, I feel no guilt about it. Because, like, I, I really think... I mean, yeah, there was certainly, like, some records that had questionable taste and things like that, but he made so many records, and he yeah. made so many great songs, and he was... Fantastic at so many instruments. You know, I think that's like the thing that's like, now you think it's like, oh, Phil Collins was like, that guy played, he, you know, he played horns, he played, he played guitar, he played keyboards, he played drums. He, you know, he was like, I, I'm geeking out on Phil Collins right now, but like that was definitely some of the first stuff I listened to as a kid. Like, and probably the stuff that people would consider questionable. Like, I liked, like, Billy, don't lose my number. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like I, I loved those tunes as a kid. um But yeah, you're probably right. Like, I can't imagine, it's hard to imagine that aesthetic. Flying now, but maybe if if they were that good, maybe it wouldn't matter. Who knows?
0: Maybe I would hope to so, but yeah,
3: I, I don't. It feel like what it...
2: about, like Billy Joel? Like, do you think that's different? That
3: was my first concert, really. Billy Joel River Dreams Tour. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. I, that was it. Was Billy Joel, and then it was James Taylor, and then it was REM on the Monster Tour. Were my first three. Really? Yeah,
0: that's pretty good. Mine
2: yeah, mine were. Was... Oh, sorry. No. Oh, yeah. Lilith Fair. Lilith Bear yeah. Yes, went to two Lilith Fairs one con- one summer.
0: I went with you to one of them. Yeah, you. I won tickets on the radio. Jonah
2: won tickets so on the radio. Is, is this in your
3: hardcore band days too? Like
2: yes, yeah. Kinda.
3: So you couldn't tell your friends that you were there.
2: It was the best having Jonah Jonah taking me to a Lollapalooza because I was my first CD was Tori Amos Under the Pink. Okay. Then, like, I had like I like was listening to Sarah McLachlan all the time, and like, I feel like. Yeah, I just um, was very into that stuff. And you won tickets on the radio to go to Lillithville and to Yeah, I think
0: that they were what
3: like, a, I, you I was are like, the best brother well, sister really team right. here. Like, I, was, yeah.
0: I was sitting at home, probably definitely not doing my homework, yeah. like listening to the radio. Vanessa was probably studying. Yeah, and I called in and went. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. I had my first ever cappuccino there, which is all <laughs> yeah. I remember about the show. I remember Vanessa was like, do you want this thing? It was like out of By my machine. By the machines. way, Lilith, you're
2: the only like outdoor concert festival that has cappuccinos.
0: And I was like, this Ugh. is like hot chocolate, but it tastes kind of different. Like, I, that's all I remember was like, oh, yeah. I didn't God. know what a cappuccino was.
3: That's incredible. Everybody's sitting around sipping cappuccinos, <laughs> yeah. watching Sarah McLachlan. Yeah. What happened that's was incredible. I did this
2: summer program at University of Michigan and they took us to a concert. I did this three-week program, and it was Lilith Fair. Okay. So I went to Lilith Fair with them, and then I came back from the program, and you took me to so Lilith Fair. So it's the Fair. same lineup? No, they're slightly different. Okay. Maybe same headliners. It was- you Natalie know who else Merchant, performed? my Vic- other face.
0: Victoria Williams. Do you remember yeah. her? Yeah. Oh, I'm not familiar with that. She
2: sang with Pearl Jam. Yeah, she covered- She sang that song- They covered
0: a Pearl Jam.
2: Uh, they covered
0: one of her songs for Sweet Relief. It was like some charity for like- She had like-
2: you know that? Yeah. Multiple sclerosis or something. She had multiple sclerosis, That's right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, she performed. She was really great. And... Uh,
2: Fiona Apple might have been there, although I don't know if she was... I don't
0: know. But what was it, what was your first concert, Non-Lilith Fair?
2: Non-Lilith Fair? New Kids on the Block? Nice. No, I almost went to New Kids on the Block one year for my birthday, but I wanted um, a curling iron or, so, or crimping. <laughs> I wanted, like, a crimper. But
3: faced with the choice, you know. <laughs> curling like, iron or like I, on the couldn't, block I
2: couldn't wrap my head around the idea of not having like this is true I kind of remember feeling like I couldn't wrap my head around the idea of not getting like a thing for my birthday that like I could like physical, have. like object. a physical tangible object yeah like the idea of like going somewhere like didn't like registered. See, to this is. is back to the
3: Make a Wish thing because, like, if you had just thought to go to <laughs> yeah. the New Kids concert and say you wanted to go and get a, get a T-shirt shirt at the New you're Kids right. concert, you're totally you would right. have covered all your bases.
2: Uh, you know? You're totally right. <laughs> um, I feel like I went to a Dave Matthews Band concert with my friends and was very like mad at myself.
3: Yeah, you didn't, you didn't like it.
2: Well. It just, they were so into it, and I liked being like, I liked being like, I like the music Jonah likes, and I was like, I was like very like, this is okay, even though I was kind of into it, I think.
0: I would go like to like Bad Religion shows and get yeah. Vanessa t-shirts and stuff.
2: Yeah. I went to a lot of Jonah shows. Yeah. and How
0: often did you, did you play out a lot? I played I mean, in like just really bad, like hardcore bands. We just play like local places. Yeah.
2: You played, I mean, you played kind of in coventry and stuff you played at cool places
0: we played i'm sure you played the grog shop before oh yeah yeah absolutely we'd play there but before it actually used to be in the other end of coventry and it used to be like really tiny okay i don't know that was probably like about 10 or 11 years ago okay
2: and i'd like take my friends to jonah's shows and they'd be like really freaked out did
0: you ever have like a phase where you listen to like really heavier music or was it more kind of the i adult was always and tempo?
2: total worse
3: when it came i mean truthfully like i, I probably later you know like once we started playing with a lot of like a lot of different punk bands and things like that like then i probably got you know into but even that it's like you know like alkaline trio you know i I would get into the bands that we that we would tour with um i mean i i mean of course like bad religion like i grew up listening to bad religion like everybody did in southern california you know so there were there were certainly like there were certainly bands and, like, I loved Rage, but primarily because, like, the guy who, like, was the only guy who who I was friends with that had a car insisted on playing nothing but Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) So eventually I was like, I love Rage Against the Machine, you know? So it's not like I've ever, you know, I've never had, like, a no, I don't listen to, you know, to hard music, but I've never really, I think I've always, like, I've always liked the idea of, like, you know, getting deep with a song, you know? And And I was never one of these kids who, like, had to go Rage to, like, you know, to to connect to, to a song. Um, but that said, like, you know, I'm trying be like, I, I saw reviews refused at Coachella, like a, a couple years ago. And it was like one of the best shows I've yeah. ever been to. And I like got as hard, like as far into the middle of that crowd as I could, so that I could like just get beat up because it was so much fun. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm definitely not against it, but I never like had like this is my favorite hardcore band or anything.
0: I feel like I've gone the other way in like the last couple of years. I've gotten more into like Bruce Hornsby and like Steve yeah. Winwood and Don Henley and all this stuff. I totally. kind of like wrote off. I'm like, sounds are really good.
3: Yeah, it's you know it's like I was always the kid listening to that music when it wasn't cool. <laughs> like I, I was like, this is great, and people are like, what are you, you know? <laughs> but I never really cared, you know, and and and. And you know that there's probably some sort of you know line through my career that that makes perfect sense how I was that kid, but uh but yeah, like i as a piano player, I don't think you, you, it's it's harder to find you have to like really look to find other piano players and guys who are doing that, and so I think I just always you know always gravitated towards like Ben Folds you know was huge for me when I was in high school it was like yeah. oh my god there's a guy playing rock music with the piano this is amazing you right. know and but before that it was like it was like Hornsby you know there was like a huge lapse in like who's really like the guy carrying the torch for like piano players and rock music um so, yeah, I was always sort of focused on that, I think. You know, I loved Semi Sonic when they came out because they had like a hook in their, a piano hook in their, in their hit right. song. And, you know, like that was always big for me it was like, where can I hear piano on the radio? Which got harder and harder like towards the end of the 90s. <laughs> and when yeah. we actually started, like when we started playing, it was like, wow, we're really alone out here for a second because it was all like stained and puddle of mud and limp biscuit. And, you know, it was like, oh man, how are we ever going to like put out records in, in this environment or whatever? Um, but that's probably how, because there weren't a lot of us.
0: <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, World's Greatest Dad, with Robin Williams? No. There is an incredible Bruce Hornsby, like, through line in it and cameo. Really? Yeah. I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. But I just rewatched it. It's with Robin Williams. It's like um, Bobcat Goldthwait wrote it. It's okay. It's kind of dark, dark yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix, but.
3: It's a good movie, though, right? I feel, really like, like, I, good movie. I feel like when he passed away, that was like one of the movies that kind of came up as like, you know, as 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 this sort of you know sleeper hit kind of vibe
0: yeah it's really good okay cool. but it's really dark but yeah bruce hornsby is in it and it's like it's amazing
3: yeah my uh my tour manager has a great bruce hornsby story was like he was working the door at alley cats in richmond and bruce hornsby came like it was before he didn't know who bruce hornsby was he was like into he was into like metal and that was like his thing and the guy gets he gets to the door and he's like you know i'm on the list for tonight he's like oh what's your name it's bruce hornsby and he's like okay i need to see your id <laughs> and <laughs> And Bruce Hornsby didn't have his ID. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't let you in. He turned Bruce Hornsby away from the... Are from you the serious? Kir- Yeah, totally. He had no idea who he was, and he got in a bunch of trouble with the club. <laughs> you know, like, eventually... He came back with his ID, though. He was, like, really sweet about it. Oh he God. didn't make a thing about it, you know? Like, But I guess he's, like, seven feet tall. Like, I hear he's, like, really? a really tall dude. You know? Yeah.
0: I just watched the video for The Way It Is, oh. the music video. It's cr- It's incredible to watch now.
3: Well, you're t- speaking about, like, pop stars that... that maybe would have a hard time. Yes. Now, it's like, that video, I mean, he's got, like, a curly mullet, yep. kind of, and and it's, like, all these, like, session guys just, like, kind of sitting around a room, like, it's very... S-
0: yes. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, the song's about, like, racism and, like, all these social issues
3: that are kind of depressing. Totally. The lyrics, yeah, the lyrics, we did it, we covered it a little bit on our tour in the summer. Really? Yeah, which is, like, mainly just because I was, like, I have to, I have to try to figure out how to play some of this, because it's just he's such a he's he's the best i mean he's just one of the best piano players and so so and i had to watch that video like a thousand times as i'm like trying to figure out what he's doing and you can actually pick up a decent amount of the solo by watching his hands really in the video because they shoot right over the top of his hands like on a on a uh, uh whatever you call it a track kind of vibe um and and yeah i i uh i had to laugh though seeing that video it was like it's it's pretty hysterical
0: the bass players like sitting on his amp like playing this funk bass (laughs) totally like
3: yeah it's it's good i'm thinking i want to this should be my next music video something like exactly like that but i might have to have the curly like just add the curly mullet just for fun (laughs) do something very 80s session band video
0: definitely yeah cool (laughs) Wow, we talked I forgot, we talked so much about Bruce Hornsby on that podcast. <laughs>
1: that was uh, amazing. Hey. And Jonah, he said the word, he said Bruce Hornsby and then spilled coffee all luckily, over Luckily this crotch. coffee
0: isn't <laughs> Luckily this coffee isn't hot at all. Um <laughs> well let let me explain what just happened. Brad told me earlier not to touch the mic. Uh I was out, I was out very late with with uh, the Cursive guys last night um, in the basement of Saint Vitus. Now you have
1: a wet crotch.
0: And literally, I was, I'm a little bit fuzzy. I realized I was touching the mic. Was like, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. Ripped it away and then poured coffee on my crotch. So I'm glad that to close out that 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 interview with two incredibly successful people. <laughs> i can't even keep a drink in a cup
1: like i said it's all about balance you know you have to balance
0: things out i'm balancing it out i feel like i'm really balancing it out today but uh thank you so much andrew for coming uh he's playing coachella in april which will be awesome two weekends in april i think the 11th and 18th uh his album andrew in the wilderness is out now uh his uh charity is dare jack um thanks to vanessa for coming by she has this incredible web series called Sound Advice. Mm, um, funny. That I, I've heard it's good. Um, you know, I don't need to tell you about her. You know, she she has a lot of great stuff coming up, too. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. So thanks, Vanessa, for coming. Thanks, Andrew, for coming. Uh, if you want to donate support this podcast you can go to com. Um, or you can
1: buy your t-shirts from
0: or you can buy your t-shirts from commonwealth press slash podcast get six free shirts there you go uh leave us a nice review on itunes uh we're on twitter instagram i don't know i mean you can find us on that stuff if you want
1: we're easy to find
0: we're easy to find um Brad's not so easy to find. Brad has a little bit of a... I don't know what Brad does
1: when he's not here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.